This episode of the Better Off Dad podcast is brought to you by Blimp City Bike and Hike. Blimp City is a full-service, family-owned bicycle shop in Akron, Ohio, located right on the Towpath Trail near the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Founded in 2009, Blimp City offers a wide range of quality bicycles from reputable brands like Kona, Felt, and Bianchi, as well as specialty bicycles like Elliptigo stand-up bikes, electric bikes and scooters, folding bikes, and recumbent bicycles. The shop also carries cycling accessories and rental bikes. Blimp City prides itself on providing exceptional customer service. The shop's comprehensive repair services include fine-tuning your bike to meet your comfort and recreation needs. Visit BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com. That's BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com to learn more and mention this ad in store to receive 20% off any accessory purchase. Not bad. Make Blimp City your headquarters for outdoor adventure. You're now listening to the Better Off Dad podcast with Tim DeWald and Matt Bixenstein. Okay, episode eight of the Better Off Dad podcast. Uh, I'm Tim. I'm Matt, and uh, we're here. We got a. We're here in a new venue, actually, and a new time for the recording. We don't know when you're listening, but everything feels new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good evening, everyone, and I emphasize the evening part. Um, Tim survived his uh, half marathon. And full, I... full marathon. Oh, shit, you did a full marathon. It was a full marathon. My bad. I didn't mean to sell you short. I, yeah. I also said I wasn't going to swear this episode, so I, <laughs> I failed so, really early on that. so soon off the top. <laughs> um, and I survived the horse farm, yeah. so uh, we're back with more, and uh, it is... Uh, we're doing this one happy hour. Mm-hmm. It's our first happy hour style recording session. It's the last Monday of October. This would have been an ideal time for me to crack open a beer, but we've already cracked them open. So yeah, that ship is, is yeah. sailed. It's, right. yeah. um, this happens to be the first time that we're recording uh, anytime later than 10 a.m. in the morning. You know, so naturally we're imbibing in a few adult beverages um, mm-hmm. to make it through this episode. See how this experiment goes, and we apologize in advance if it goes poorly. Um, we are in Tim's basement, which I'll let him. Uh, it's a lovely basement, not you know, just like his attic. <laughs> not I'll a let hot you. box. Yeah, not sweat, <laughs> it's not the sweat box. It's a classic Lakewood basement. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it's what like five foot eleven. I think is probably the ceiling height in here because we're just shaving right underneath it. Um, yeah. I claim 5'10", but I think that's an exaggeration. In the football program in high school, I was listed as six foot or 6'1", oh, wow. I think, to give you- Shrunk, huh? I don't know that I've shrunk that much, but <laughs> only my pride and, and their expectations, I think, have been brought down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we're in the basement. The cat's litter box is just uh, feet away from me. The cat is almost on top of me right now. He's he's right beneath me. He's very protective. Um, the monitor is on the cat tower, yeah. of all things. <laughs> yeah. It's very cat-themed. You know, you here. you would think this is all kind of jerry-rigged together, but when you if you saw the previous setup that we were in, you'd know that this was a huge upgrade to the Bod Pod Studios. Right behind me is <laughs> the um, the wood carving of our Bod Pod logo made by my brother, my older brother, Chris. Um, it's hanging right above us right now. Yeah, it's really impressive. It's it's um it's a beautiful carving. We'll have to share it on the interwebs at some point. But yep. it's it's sort of the same size and placement of a traditional um, arms raised Jesus carving. So um, I thought you were going to come with a more like traditional name of what that is actually called in a church. Do you know what that's called? No, I have no idea. I thought <laughs> you knew. I thought, we're gonna have to get some clergy people here to. I, I was just in the um, the museum in Lakewood of the sacred statues. Is that oh, what it's yeah. called? Um, um, what is it? Yeah, there's 
You have to explain what this is for people. Yeah, so in Lakewood, I should look it up right now. I was going to bring the other computer down here, too. Uh, in in Lakewood, there is a Museum of Divine Statues. Yes. A Museum of Divine Statues um, that's um, pretty close to the... It's in the Birdtown neighborhood of, of the yeah. city of Lakewood. Just down um, the street from me, really. Just down the street from your house. Um, old kind of working class neighborhood in, in the city. But it's just filled with, I mean... A whole bunch of Jesuses, a whole bunch of Jesuses all over the place. Also, uh, little puppet nuns or small little doll nuns are in there. Have you been in there before? Yeah, it's it's cool. So, you know, as over the years, as the number of churches in Northeast Ohio have dwindled, um, some this this man who started it, he took it upon himself to just uh, gather some of the best um, church um, statues mm-hmm. and um, artwork and uh, restore it and display it. And it, it's a really unique and cool museum. Uh, if you're ever in the area, it's you know it's you probably only need an, an hour tops to go through there, but it's it's really it's really neat. It's cool. It's cool. I think if someone is like legitimately interested in that kind of history, you could spend a long time there. But yeah. just even from someone, you know, a heathen like me, uninterested <laughs> in the actual religious element of it, it's just cool to see uh, all that stuff in one place. And it's just one of those quirky, you know, like it's a roadside attraction or something kind of a thing that you go by, but it's very like interesting and yeah. unique. So. You know, get a couple of drinks at like LBM, Barocco, and then go to yeah. Barocco, yeah. and then go there, and then go to someplace. You know, the... stop at Madison Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. So no, it's um. So here we are in the basement. It's it's lovely. Yeah, it's it's real nice, and I feel like we're we're giving uh, Jill and Mara a little more space here for you know the evening um bath time bedtime bath times going on activities. right now. Yep. Uh huh. Um. But uh. Yeah. Anyways, speaking of Mara, our first order of business. Happy belated first birthday tomorrow. It's true. Yeah. Um, we had the first birthday party. She turned uh, one last week. We had the first birthday party this weekend. Smash Cake, KB Confection. Shout out to them. They did a great job locally here. Um, family came up. Um, you know, again, COVID, we talked about this. COVID times intrudes. Wanted to have maybe a little bit larger of a thing with some friends and, and their families and little kids over and everything else. But had the immediate family in. Went really well. Um, Mara was a champ. Um, she's gotten some more toys. The Bod Pod Studios down here are soon going to be turned into Mara's rec room, I think, because of that. Uh, but thanks to the family and friends um, that uh, dropped all the stuff off as well. We appreciate that. But now we got a one-year-old in the house, and things are uh, things are changing every day now. Yeah, um, and I like the theme. Was it um, was monsters? Mo- uh, it was Mara's monster mash. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, we had like it was kind of, it of course, was not themed off of Monsters Inc. from Disney. Yeah, because yeah. Because then we'd probably have to pay like a royalty to them or something. Yeah. But you know, it was monsters in that vein. Uh, I did have um, little uh, the dog paws from the Spooky Pooch that we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Oh, I nice. had the uh, Spooky Pooch paws on and a tail uh, hanging off myself. <laughs> Uh, Jill had a little monster set up, but uh, it was cute. She was obsessed with balloons the entire time. She got to see her family and everything else. But speaking of monsters and birthdays, I think by the time this podcast posts, we're going to have another birthday to celebrate close to it at, at that time, right? That's right. Uh, my little dude, Charlie, is a Halloween baby. Um, so we're getting ready to see what kind of toddler sugar rush it produces when you merge <laughs> birthday cake and trick-or-treat candy into the yeah. same day. It's like some sort of triple witching kind of situation you've got coming up there. Yeah, here this whole time we thought it was really neat that his his birthday fell on um, Hallow's Eve. And I think we may find out that, you know, there are some drawbacks as well. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of trouble uh, containing all that stuff going on. Yeah, we're really excited. We're working on our costumes. Um, I, I think I talked about it at one point, but we're still Winnie the Pooh themed in my family. And 
Um, I think it's it's swapped though. Now Charlie's gonna be uh, Pooh Bear, and I'm Christopher Robin. So actually, uh, Elise, when I left, she was um, boiling these shorts that she had found at a thrift store okay. with a uh, blue dye to make them the same kind of preppy blue color of Christopher Robin's. I didn't know shorts. Elise was this crafty. I think I had an idea because you've talked about some of the costumes yeah. in the past, but I didn't know it went this far down the rabbit hole. Yeah, to I now mix another story <laughs> in there as well with Alice and Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, honestly, I didn't know she was this crafty either. And you know, we'll see how it goes, and we we can talk all about the aftermath of Halloween uh, next time. But you know, we'll we'll see if these uh, these shorts turn out the right preppy blue to be <laughs> yeah. for me to to be Christopher Robin. Is she comparing <laughs> it to like a reference image or something at this point? Does she have? Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, you know, I I feel kind of like a brat, but when she got the shorts, they're, they're kind of a, a very light blue. And when she brought them home, I said, "Those are fine, but Christopher Robbins, you know, from these images, clearly he has, you know, um, you know, more of a very a vibrant, yeah, blue shorts. You know, he's a little little British boy." For the people who don't know you or haven't seen photos of you, you're going to pull off a Christopher Robin really well. I think you you can do it. Well, thanks. I mean, I, I think I'll take that to mean I'm youthful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to shave everything, of course. Yeah. Right? How, how old? That kid's like ten or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can part my hair the the right way, uh-huh. and um, I think I have a. He usually holds a balloon, so I'm going to hold a red balloon, okay. which, you know, will be weird. Yeah. The, the one um, thing I'm you worried about. quickly transition that into a Stephen King's it yeah. if you wanted I'll, to. I'll, t- yeah. I'll tie it to a, uh, a sewer drain or, <laughs> yeah, drain or something. Just crawl in there and then start <laughs> talking to children. It'll be really, go over really well. Yeah. The only problem is if it is cooled on Halloween, you know, these super short shorts and short sleeve polo just won't go over, jive very well. But, right, yeah. You know, well, I got to stay in, in costume. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'll tough it out. Um, and as you know, Charlie and I, um, not to take away from your Halloween adventures, we had a lovely time at the zoo recently. So I don't know if you're going to be able to top that for your birthday uh, and Halloween adventures. It'll be hard to top that. Um, we recently had a, a lovely play date at the Cleveland Zoo mm-hmm. on a beautiful fall day. Um, we pushed the kids a bit as, as far as the length of the visit. Yeah, Mara did not nap after that <laughs> visit. Yeah, sorry about that, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all three did great. And, um, you know, we could tell you all about the elephants and the tigers and the sea lions we saw. But the real highlight of the outing was this game that Tim and Charlie started to play uh, while we were taking a snack break. I love, I feel like my uh, ideal dad moment is going to be like three to six years old um, oh, yeah. in the range Charlie is now, right? And just like the weird games that they play. So Charlie and then, you know, the whole family, Matt, Lucy, Charlie, and myself and Mara were all sitting um, around some ice cream, I think at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, we came up with a game that is just a classic, like, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to one-up you and do this to you. I'm going to drop a 1,000 you know, ice cream cones on your head. I'm going to drop 10,000 ice cream cones on your head. It got really heated between Charlie and I. I will give away that it ended with me dropping urine-filled balloons on his head. I think is that <laughs> how? Actually, he dropped something on my head. Was it poop? I believe he, he countered with poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the natural progression. Like classic King Taruk to Bishop counter of, yeah. of poop to urine. Um yeah, and uh, but it was great, and I actually I like those. I don't know how you feel as a dad, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more about it, but there's numbers involved, there's vocabulary involved, right? It feels like it's an educational game of sorts too. Absolutely, you can talk a little bit about you know mortality and yeah, <laughs> <even> yeah. <laughs> the different ways to bring about death. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and Tim Tim is born to to be a parent of a toddler, so I can't wait to to see you in that role. But um, Charlie loved this game so much. Uh, that he proceeded to play it uh, with Elise at dinner that night. I think we had meatballs. 
So he was telling telling Elise about how many meatballs he's going to drop on her head. Yeah, I'm sure she loved um, that, by the way. When yeah. he when she asked how the zoo visit went. <laughs> yeah. um, now fast forward to last week. Um, I'm crossing the street at one of Lakewood's main drags um, with the kids when Tim randomly comes up on upon us um, in his car at a crosswalk. He rolls down his window and without skipping a beat. Charlie, I'm going to dump 100 baboons on your head. <laughs> and Charlie was caught off guard. Uh, he, you know, it took him a minute to remember the uh, essence of the game. Uh, he did not have a quick response, though. Uh, as we continued our walk, he decided to go with the um, quantity increase strategy, and he told me he was going to dump 1 million baboons on Tim's head, which, yeah. you know, to his credit, is significantly more than 100. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, your move, Tim. Yeah, nice try, Charlie. Nice try, Matt. Uh, suffice, <laughs> to say, suffice to say, I'm not going to be revealing uh, my next move here on our Much Talked About podcast, just so you can be prepped for whatever I have coming. Uh, know this, though, Charles. The moment you least expect it, a number of which you cannot even fathom will be used in accordance with an as-yet-to-be-determined animal or object of great ferocity or vileness, <laughs> and well, I don't want. I've already given away too much. I don't, I don't want to say um, uh, anything more. Um, uh, but you, you did mention alcoholic beverages, of with we are both uh, imbibing at this point and, and having a lovely time. I gotta say, Matt, if I wasn't a closeted alcoholic, I would be pouring one out uh, for my nearby park, um, which is uh, losing a swing set. So Merle oh, no. Bunce Park, right? It's you know, it's five minutes away from my house. A quick walk from Mara and I. Where she fell in love with the bucket swing and the yeah. uh, the slide that is there, um, apparently not safe for children. Um, ran into someone. There's our pod for that matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone should come along and remove this as well. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, talked to a, a very nice gentleman from the Lakewood uh, Public Works Department who was um, uh, giving me the prognosis for the uh, swing over there, but apparently concrete foundation totally loose. Um, a weld that was holding the swing up also broken. I th- Here I just thought the motion of the swing kind of rocking back and forth the whole you know, foundation of it was, you know, part of the excitement and fun and near-death experience of swinging. <laughs> um, that is not true. So we'll have to find a new park in the meantime. Councilman, Councilman Litton, Mayor George, if you're listening to this podcast, and why wouldn't you be? Both parents. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, it's time to throw Merle Bunce to the top of your renovation list, or my kid is going to have a conniption every time she passes uh, that empty frame of the swing set, which she does now do. She points, she gives the dreaded double point at oh. the park every time we go by. And I have to remind her, like, swing set's gone, sweetie. We can't go there. We have to go down to Cove Park, um, which is really the closest readily accessible one we can hit. Yeah, I mean, that's just heartbreaking. And I, and I saw firsthand how much she enjoys swinging when we mm-hmm. um, have one of our uh, uh, playground play dates. She's a fan. Um, you know, and, and as a Leslie Nope-esque park advocate myself, I can certainly sympathize with your situation, Tim. You know, you let me know when you're ready to start a Friends of Merle Bunt's Park Advocacy Group. <laughs> you and we know can all make about that. that. That's true, yeah. Um, doesn't have quite the same ring as, our, as the beloved Friends of Madison Park Group that my neighbors and I started, though. But um, is there a, have you heard any plan about a replacement or? But more importantly, so you've got FOMP is your abbreviation, Friends of Madison Park. What would that be? FOMB? No one's yeah. going to go to a FOMB meeting, <laughs> right? Um, we'll have to work on that. We don't have any plans uh, as such yet to, to form the group, but I'm not similar to Charlie. I don't want to give anything away here on this podcast. I'm not, I'm not uh, telegraphing my next direction on the advocacy portion of this. It's, it's going to get intense for sure, though. Fair enough. Well, if if you go back to the uh, to the park and, and next the the uh, slide is missing too, you know, let me know. We <laughs> yeah. can. Uh... I thought you know they what they said was that it was no longer up to code. 
was because did I tell you this already? No. Um, they it's right by there's railroad tracks in the middle of Lakewood. Um, yeah, that yeah. has caused some traffic jams at very uh, daily d- daily, <laughs> and wakes you up sometimes if depending how close you are to the tracks. And apparently that um, you need to be two and a half chain lengths away from any obstructions like that. And if you went two and a half chain lengths away from where this swing is in Merle Buns Park, you would be getting hit by a CSX something or other, like coming down that line. Like you'd be you'd be toast by that train. I thought that so, was half the fun is the, the risk of having to risk swing of, across a train track. And... Risk of death is half of the fun with anything you do in life, right? <laughs> like isn't that a lesson these kids should be learning? Um, but no, they can't put it back up. So even if they, you know, reinforce the foundation and fix a couple wells on the thing, the thing is is dead in the water. So, and you can't move it forward because that's where the play park stuff is there. So, note to self or note to all the folks who are listening out there who have kids that might be at a park that is a little bit older and, and maybe needs renovated by your city. It's something to get on because there's new regulations that come in and all kinds of considerations in terms of park equipment and how readily... Um, uh, fixable it is and you know spare parts and all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of considerations go into it so get in your councilman's ear and make sure that your park's on the list to get renovated if it needs it yeah well and then as soon as madison park is, is just the premier park in, <laughs> in all of the region then i will i will you know assist with are asking. they still doing the work down there or do they they are it, all right it's coming good. along all right but, you know once it's the creme de la creme i will tell them to shift gears and look at merle bunts park and, and see what they can come up with you've got all the cachet in city hall so <laughs> if i can oh, ride yeah. your coattails to a new <laughs> swing over there i will take that well anyway um you know another few weeks are in the books and it's you know always a venture when kids are involved um the other day, and I hesitate to say this, but I, I have to be changing my clothes. <laughs> you hesitate clothes. to say it, but it is in the script, and I'm reading along with it right now. <laughs> I changed my clothes in front of Charlie, and he proceeds to ask me why a certain part of my anatomy is larger than a car- comparable part of his. Mm. Um, now, I'm in no way uh, intending to boost my ego by bringing this up, um, but I imagine this very same conversation takes place between all dads and sons at some point, and yet I was woefully ill-prepared for it. Um, Tim, you know how you know what? What do you think I should do? Have done in that situation? I just I think it's weird. In what what were you taking off that he had a closer look at your ear and that he thought that was so much? <laughs> is that not the it's not the piece of body that we're talking about right now? I think I just got out of the shower or something. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, you know as as a father to a young girl, I don't know when the transition point is going to be of just like don't look at your father anymore. Uh, that will come yeah. down the road. That's a whole different conversation. That's a whole topic. different conversation. <laughs> I hope at a later podcast we are not doing this conversation all over again. Yeah, uh, with any kind of question that'll be lobbed at me, but I'm sure that time will come uh, as well. Uh, how did you respond to this question that was given to you? Well, I think I ultimately told him that um, I'm older. It's, it's because I'm older than him, and that all my body parts are, you know, proportionally larger than his. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real victory here is that Elise uh, plays. You could have just put a period right there. The real victory here is that Elise, <laughs> and then period. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll leave, leave it at that. But yeah. but no, she places a fair amount of emphasis on having our kids use uh, proper terminology for for body parts, and you know, Charlie clearly passed that test with flying colors. Um, you know, but anyways, it's a good reminder that you'll constantly be caught off guard by your toddler's line of, lines of questioning, no matter how much you try to prepare. To be clear, everyone, the word in question here is penis. Okay, <laughs> that is the word is penis is what we're dancing around here. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned that we were just talking to um some friends um that we both know, and uh, they just had a new um addition to their family, 
and the grandparents were watching their older child as they were at the hospital um, welcoming uh, a new daughter into the world. And uh, they uh, later on, when they met back up with their their older daughter, um, they mentioned the fact that uh, her older daughter said, like, the baby came out of my mom's vagina. And that's just a very straightforward thing. But same thing. Yes. They talk about how um, they pride themselves on using the correct language, using anatomically correct words. Yeah. Uh, And I'm just glad you didn't, you know, he didn't talk about your hoo-ha or your uh, (laughs) ho-ho or your ding-a-ling or... um, Get out that uh, that urban dictionary here, These are just all coming off the top of my head, okay? There's no support here. Yeah. Just to ensure that um, the uh, um, solicited... Uh, Mark gets put on this podcast, and and also that um, you know any any future sponsors reconsider uh, yeah. um, their relationship <laughs> <Yeah>. with us. <laughs> Things are getting a little scary around yeah. here. We'll say that for sure. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't know if we've had you know we, we encourage proper terminology, but I don't know if we've actually had that conversation conversation with Charlie about the the specifics of childbirth, the origins of yeah, things. you know, yeah. or I think. I mean, I mean, I think it's still kind of at the, um, and Elise might be correcting me if if I'm just out of the loop on this. That you know, it comes from Mama's belly. Yeah. So you know, it's, I'm I'm impressed that your your friend's um, child is you know already quite knowledgeable. Started and then she started talking about fallopian tubes and <laughs> all kinds. Of, really impressive. I was like, I didn't. That's a that's a thing. I didn't I didn't even know that. I had to pop out my like you know sixth grade health book. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have any place to put the beta tape in anything. You're like, can is this streamable now? What's going on? <laughs> well, before this turns into uh, you know middle school sex ed class, <laughs> I think I'm going to try to write the ship and uh, you know change the topic back to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we spend a, a lot of time these days, our family, journeying around the neighborhood trying to cope with Lucy's insatiable appetite for viewing Halloween decorations. Uh, she's really into it. Um, you know, when she sees a, a ghost or a pumpkin hung from someone's porch, she points and says, ooh, ooh, ooh. It's my best Lucy impression. Not very good. Her voice is very deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, as we continue walking, she says, ma, 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 you know, uh-huh. to say more um, until we come across... The next decoration, you know, and this pattern will continue for as long as we let it. Um, her absolute favorites appear to be demons, uh, the sight of which almost sends her into a trance. Not sure if you've experienced anything similar with Mara in Halloween decorations? Uh, no, she actually is like oblivious to the to, to decorations. She loves um, small animals, squirrels, uh, rabbits, that nice. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But not, really nothing on any of the uh, Halloween decorations. And we've tried. We've tried to point them out. Um she has attempted to eat pumpkins on multiple occasions, especially when in uh, close proximity for the ubiquitous fall pumpkin patch photo shoot that we did with her <laughs> recently. She tried to put the stem into her mouth. Real original, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was in the puffy vest. And we everything. did one too. It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she does continue to be enthralled with dogs of all shapes and sizes. She will spot them from blocks away. Um, and we did stop by the Spooky Pooch Parade that happened yeah. recently here in Lakewood. For We mentioned this a little bit earlier on the podcast, but for those of you who lack intimate knowledge here of uh, Northeast Ohio and our hometown of Lakewood, Ohio, uh, the Spooky Pooch Parade is an event put on by a fabulous nonprofit organization here called Lakewood Alive. And yes, it's sir. essentially, it's just a massive doggy costume contest and festival, vendors, that kind of thing culminating in a uh, in a parade. Uh, this year it was in Madison Park, which is uh, down by you. We've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast already. 
Um, and it was a cool spot, you know, just like uh, doing a parade around like a pretty busy part of the city. It does that normally yeah. uh, when it's at uh, Kaufman Park. Um, but I took um, Mara down there dressed in her uh, costume this year, which she is dressed up as a dog herself. Oh, nice. Um, Love it. Yeah. So uh, she was, but she was quite entertained by the Halloween doggies there. Um, and I, I got to say, we turned a lot of heads and we had a lot of people <laughs> talking down there. It was, it was pretty, she's the star. I just kind of blend into the background. Yeah. I only wish you'd bought, brought Theodore with you. That would really turn yeah, some, uh, some heads. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think about that? He's still inches away from me right now. I could step yeah. on his tail if I it's wanted a, to. It's like a, a shop cat right here. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> you know, I, I love the fact that Mara got to experience the, the unique and quirky tradition that is the spooky pooch parade. You know, it's just a sea of costumed canines, you know, right here in, our hometown, you know, it's only a matter of time before she'll be begging you for a pooch of her own to dress up. And I mm-hmm. imagine uh, that Theodore will object strongly to this. You know, I also love the fact that this year's Pooch Pooch Parade was held at Lakewood Park here in, in Lakewood, or excuse me, Madison Park here in Lakewood for the first time. So uh, well done, Lakewood Alive. Yeah. Um, speaking of parks, the kids and I typically have a weekly play date with our friend Claire and her two young children at local parks or playgrounds or at each other's homes. And Clear is one of Elise's best friends uh, from college, you know, and high school for that matter, a fellow OU Bobcat. And I believe she's also a regular listener of this pod, so it seems like a good opportunity. Hi, to, Claire. Yeah, she's um, to let her know. Um, Claire's wonderful. How grateful I am uh, for the chance to meet up, meet up with another adult each Wednesday. Um, we swap stories and, and laugh at each other's trying parenting moments, and you know, get our kids out of the house. So you know, thank you very much, Claire. Um, very appreciative. Um, but anyway, means last... more means more than you know, Claire. Means Seriously, more than you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I really can't express enough gratitude. Yeah, um, it's a, it's therapeutic, really. Um, you know, so but last week, last week's play date was at a local park um, that produced two interesting moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, there was a four year old named Reese on the playground who called me a stupid head. Wow, uh, which I believe is the ultimate insult in that age group. Yeah, Reese, if you're listening to this pod. We're coming for you. Coming. <laughs> Honestly, I find yeah. it rather flattering that she, yeah. Yeah. she uh, wasted time on me. Um, but secondly, there was an old older woman at the park who asked me if I was retired. Um, so that gave me a, a nice yeah. opportunity to retort, no, ma'am, I'm a stay-at-home dad, you know, and simply leave it at that and grin with pride as she wore an expression of confusion and embarrassment. <laughs> um, it doesn't happen often, but it's always fun when you get to provide a learning moment, introduce, introduce somebody to uh, new age progressive parenting. So. so so you get the boost in your ego uh, about your male member from Charlie, <laughs> and then you are mistaken for a retiree at the park all in the same week. Were you eating like cottage cheese and grapefruit <laughs> or something at the time? What gives? Well, are you feeling okay? What's going on? Are you confused? It's all very confusing, Tim. I, I don't know what to say. Um, you know, it's, it's a strange world we live in, and you're rem- reminded that every day. And, you know, I don't know if she, you know, I don't think she thought it was much older than I am, and that doesn't go well with the Christopher Robin um, <laughs> you got a lot of work plan. to do now. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think she just thought I looked out of place at this playground uh, with my two little kids. Um, but um, God bless you, um, old woman. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I hope you... Uh, you know, as Bob Dylan said, these times, the times they are a changing. God bless you, old woman is going on like a crest that I'm, we're building for this podcast. I now. didn't catch your name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time for a new segment we're calling The Tantrum. So, new segment, Tantrum. I think I might try to like make an intro for this. It has like aggressive rock music and maybe like a bed of music underneath. So, that would be playing right now if I don't get lazy. Yeah. And if I do get lazy, you won't hear anything but my voice right now. Cool idea. Yeah, great. Thanks. <laughs> um, 
I want to talk about paternity leave for a moment, specifically with regards to something that came up last week on an episode of Human Garbage Can, Tucker Carlson's Fox <laughs> News show. Take a listen. Pete Buttigieg has been on leave from his job since August after adopting a child. Paternity leave, they call it, trying to figure out how to breastfeed. No word on how that went. So you can hear him there. He's talking about um, uh, Pete Buttigieg, um, the transportation secretary in, in uh, Biden's cabinet. Um and refusing, just their minds are blown by the fact that the guy wanted to take paternity leave. He and his husband um, recently adopted twins, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and obviously he couldn't handle that. Unfortunately, this is not an isolated incident, in, especially in the conservative media sphere. Um, uh, noted YouTube uh, star Steven Crowder, which maybe you can't call him that because he's gotten banned from the platform recently, uh, recently for saying bad things about the trans community. Um, tweeted about it and said paternity leave is for, quote, pussies, um, oh. which was a real nice thing. Matt Walsh, another real asshole who would like to send women back to sweeping dirt floors in their bare feet, <laughs> tweeted, quote, the thing about paternity leave is there isn't much to do when a baby is a newborn, especially if mom is breastfeeding. His main role is to take care of mom as she recovers. Um, but, of course, that doesn't apply to Buddha Judge, so I'm not sure why he needs paternity leave at all he went to further out himself as a substandard being uh by talking about how a week or something should be sufficient for bonding time and talked about how well bonded he is with his own children while we all know that's uh bullshit and obviously his wife and children hate him as they should (laughs) um i could sit here for hours and rage about this i will try to keep it tight so we don't just listen to me screaming but there's three things (laughs) and that's why we're doing the tantrum segment right and why open another beer for this (laughs) First and most importantly, I think, and it's important to point this out, these are deeply unserious people, right? This is, we could do a separate rant on the way social media has perverted arguments and the way that people talk about things and what the media world is now. Um, But it's all about the troll. It's like, you don't even have to believe what you're saying. Uh, Crowder, that jerk who said the paternity leave is for pussies, in that same tweet, said, full disclosure, I give my employees two weeks of paternity leave. So, like, what is he even saying at that point, right? Um, They will literally just say anything just so they get noticed as long as they're relevant. Um, It's all about ratings. Right, yeah. Infamous or famous, it doesn't matter. Just make sure that someone's talking about you. Um, But you can't really ignore that because Tucker Carlson is the most watched cable news show of all time. So you can't. It's just icky, right? Uh, I need to take a shower after even saying that. <laughs> Plus, it's the basement, and I'm this close to the cat's litter box. So, uh, Two, uh, second point on this, because you do have to actually talk about it, and you can't just write these people off as trolls like they are, um, we need to be making it easier for people to have families and provide for their kids. Isn't that what these people want is their white ethnostate anyway? So don't they want people to have babies? Um, we need to be focusing on flexibility. Why do people want to take away options or take away vacation um and three uh this just to me and reinforces this adult version of girls play with dolls boy plays boys play with legos and we're kind of putting our fingers on the scale here right that men don't need to be that involved women can take care of it you don't have to play a role um i mean we talk about this all the time but i have fundamentally changed the person since becoming a father and i don't Ditto. think that would have happened as much it still would have happened but it wouldn't happen in the same way had i not been spending the time that I am with the kids. It just would have been, not that that's worse or better, it's just a different kind of situation, right? Um, so 
fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah, great, great point, Tim. And you know, these clowns you referenced are—they're still living in the 1950s. These guys wouldn't understand progressivism if it flashed across their black and white TV sets as they watched <laughs> *Leave It to Beaver*. You know, a, a modern-day father is no longer just a disciplinarian and a breadwinner, but rather, you know, tends to be caring and sensitive, and you know, a hands-on co-parent. Yeah. And research shows that babies with emotionally engaged dads um, show better mental. De- development as toddlers and are less likely to have behavioral problems later on, you know, compared to those babies whose dads, you know, behave in a more detached way. You know, now, thankfully, today's dads are, are more involved in parenting than ever before. Um, you know, and parenting roles are also more flexible than ever before. Mm-hmm. You know, so now we just need society to follow suit with regards to flexibility. You know, so shame on people like Tucker Carlson for their backward viewpoints. Uh, if you want to see him get school, just watch an episode of John Oliver's Last Week Tonight. There's a new one. Uh uh, that I need to watch now. I need that to see I it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think you know, just to belabor the point one more time. I just think it's you know, you you even you scratch at those points at any point in time that they're talking about with with Pete Buttigieg, and it's like you know, oh, he how's breastfeeding going for him? Blah blah blah. Such a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to be a parent, which is right. crazy. Um, and also, you look at that too, and you're like, so if a, if Two women or a woman and a man adopt a child and they elect not to breastfeed that child, which I looked up and you can do. You can breastfeed and adopt a child. Um, does that mean that women don't need any maternity leave at all? Is it just about recovering from the physical um, rigors of delivering a child and breastfeeding? It's the only reason you need to be attached to your child for a period of time? Like, of course not. Um but you start to scratch at these arguments for literally a second, and they fall apart. Okay, that's it. Tantrum over. I'm putting myself <laughs> in the corner. Well done. Thank <laughs> you. This episode of the Better Off Dad podcast is brought to you by Blimp City Bike and Hike. Blimp City is a full-service, family-owned bicycle shop in Akron, Ohio, located right on the beautiful Towpath Trail near the gorgeous Cuyahoga Valley National Park. What an asset for us Ohioans, am I right? Founded in 2009, Blimp City offers a wide range of quality bicycles from reputable brands like Kona, Felt, and Bianchi, as well as specialty bicycles from Elliptigo stand-up bikes, electric bikes, which I've been looking at getting myself one of to haul Mara around in her trailer, Uh, and scooters, as well as folding bikes and recumbent bicycles. The shop also carries cycling accessories and rental bikes. I'm going to be spending probably thousands of dollars in bicycle helmets as my daughter's head gets bigger. Blimp City prides itself on providing exceptional customer service. The shop's comprehensive repair services include fine-tuning your bike to meet your comfort and recreation needs. Visit BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com. That's BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com. To learn more and mention this ad right here in store to receive 20% off any accessory purchase, do it. Tell them the Bod Pod sent you. Make Blimp City your headquarters for outdoor adventure. All right. We are back with our third pod guest. Um, and today uh, we're thrilled to have uh, Garrett Walsh join us. Uh, Garrett is actually the, the first guest who reached out to us, you know, which is Quite flattering when that happens. We didn't know the email inbox worked. To yeah. Be honest. yeah. So <laughs> First I, email that wasn't spam. I, I thought the Gmail just didn't set up right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Garrett reached out to us, uh, you know, a little while back, and he's um, a dad, expecting dad to be, um, in living in Florida, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a loyal listener to the pod, which is which is. Don't uh, judge him for the Florida thing, <laughs> or the loyal listener of the pod <laughs> yeah, thing. <laughs> that's that's even worse. Um, Florida you know, man. Think, yeah, what really uh, piqued our interest is you know he's expect he's ex- expectant dad, which is um, super exciting. Mm-hmm. But then he also mentioned that he has a, a history of. Uh, operating attack submarines. You and know, he could have just led with that. He could have said, I hate your podcast. Yeah. And, and I wasn't on attack submarines. And fatherhood's never on my to-do list. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And we would have had you yeah. had him on our pod. But yeah, he was, he was a great guy to talk to you and uh, very knowledgeable. So uh, without further ado, here's Garrett Wash. Thanks for having me. It's uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I really, really have enjoyed your guys' show in, in the past. And now I'm, I'm looking forward to being a part of it. So, yeah, don't make it bad exciting. now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where would you put yourself on, like, the I am engaged in fatherhood, uh, uh, like, scale? Because, I mean, if you're listening to podcasts about it, you must be you're, – you're pretty serious about this role you're about to take on. I had a, a lot of thought that went into um, what our plan is, right? So my wife is a pediatrician. She's just starting her career. She's in her second year of residency. Um, <clears throat> and – we had that hard talk, like, you know, who's, what are we doing about childcare? Cause like we both wanted kids. Like we got married last, not last August, two Augusts ago. Um, and we were like, when's the best time? And with her in medical school and residency and everything, we've realized that like, there's no, there's no right time for it. You just gotta, if, if it's something you want, you gotta just do it. Mm-hmm. And when we realized that like, you know, I got out of the Navy basically to have a family. Like I, 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 couldn't do the, I didn't want to do the long hours and be away anymore. I was working hundred hours a week. I was going to see a lot. I was just, you know, gone on a submarine. You don't exactly get phone calls or emails or anything. You're just gone. And so I, I got out to, to start, like start a family. So when we had the discussion where it was like, who's going to stay home with a kid, she, she is funny. She asked me, she was like, you know, is that something like, would you be interested in that? And I, I had to like hold it in. Cause I was, I was very excited about it. And I was like, yeah, that's something I would consider. Like I was super fast <laughs> about it. You Don't know, put all your cards on the table at once, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm very engaged in, in uh, trying to figure out what it takes. You know, there's, I, I still feel like there's a lot. I, I tell people that I'm not afraid, but I have like a healthy amount of fear. And if I didn't have that healthy amount of fear, I'd be more concerned. Like, Am I, do I feel too ready? Like, I definitely shouldn't feel this ready. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know there's a learning curve, but I, I've, you know, my wife and I have faced a lot of challenges together. And I think that uh, um, we've always risen to the occasion and I'm confident in my ability to, to take on any, any kind of task. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, the, when you, when you told us your story, my first inclination is these people, these folks are ready because just the simple fact that you have that, you sat down and had a conversation about childcare that early. And, uh, you know, Tim and I have talked about how we, we both kind of had some assumptions in our family and didn't, you know, probably didn't have that conversation as fully as we should have, as early as we should have. And you clear, you guys clearly did. So uh, kudos to you. I'm curious with your wife as a pediatrician, just how you feel like that sort of um, affected the way you guys are approaching preparing to be parents at this point. If you, if you have any kind of perspective outside of where you guys are. So what I've realized is that I, I take a lot of comfort in the fact that she has a lot of experience beyond like she'll tell you like the parenting side of thing is something that's going to be completely new to her. 
but as far as, as the medicine goes, like she's worked in the PICU, she's worked in the NICU, like she knows how bad it can get and she knows what not to do. You know, the, the big safety things and all, all of like staying up with the different medications and staying up with the different like diets that people have their kids on. And, and she also sees a lot of parents that have no idea what they're doing. Like, you know, like me. And so it's, uh, it's one of those things. Yeah. It's, I take a lot of comfort in it, but also she, she, sometimes she scares me and she'll come home and be like, yeah, like, you know, I had a patient with this, this, and this. And I was like, that can happen. Like what? Yeah. So I was like, please just leave me in the dark for some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I was wondering, like, it's going to be like one of those things where you're going to be sitting in your pediatrician's office when the time comes and she's going to be like, I don't know about that. Like, I don't really follow that advice. Or is she going to come home from work and she's going to be like, you did what with our kid today? Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> um, we're actually probably going to pick one of her coworkers to be the pediatrician. And I don't want to give anything away in the, the, the off chance that they listen to this. But I think we have the one in mind. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Well, we won't. We don't They're all vying for it. That at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's the first. So... We're the first couple in her residence class to have a kid, so they're all super jazzed about it, and it's been they've been incredibly supportive, and everybody everybody's been great, and you know they threw her a little baby shower here, and now she's up in Maine this week or this weekend with uh, her mom threw a, like an awesome baby shower. They had she had a great time up there yesterday, um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's been really nice to have the like the support group so far from home. Like she's she's very very close with her whole family and. Uh, I know she's been struggling with, you know, being away from from mom and dad, and her parents have definitely been a, a a massive help even from so far away. So they're they're excellent. So it's we have a we have a good support group. Good. You've already learned the first thing about this podcast, which is shout the parents out only positively and all the time. Which we we follow that rule very. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't have anything negative to say about <laughs> about my mom or about her parents. It's just uh, we've we got this this big group of people that all wants this kid to be uh, a rock star. So. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, between the, the family support and then just, you, I feel like you have a serious leg up by having your your wife's expertise and be able to, you know, hand select your your own pedi pediatrician. So, you know, that's that's a great setup you guys have. Yeah, I feel um, very fortunate. What do you think you're most looking forward to about fatherhood? Um, I, I, I really think it gives you an opportunity. I got a baby, <laughs> I got a baby sneaking into my door right now. <laughs> that I'm looking forward to those, those things, those type yeah. of little things. The day-to-day -day, I think I'm looking forward to like establishing a routine. Like I hear you guys have your, um, on the show, you guys have all those little things you do, like talking about like the bedtime routine and fighting them at nap time and all kinds of stuff. And um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to like maybe uh, being able to like mold someone into a tiny miniature me so we can take over the world. I mean, that's like, <laughs> um, no, I just, I, I think it, I, I had a lot of um, role models in my life that helped like guide me to like follow my dreams and, you know, do, do something you're passionate about. And I think um, the Navy wasn't something that I 100% chose. Like, obviously, yes, I like enlisted under my own will and nobody forced me to do it. And I'm supposed to say that, I guess. Um, <laughs> you have to. It was right on form somewhere. But I was I was in college, uh, right out right out of high school. Went to college, did the the whole thing. I was at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Um, and uh, you know, college got expensive, and I didn't have any money. 
And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to join the Navy. And then 10 years later, I got uh, a wife and we're talking about having kids. And um, now that I am out of the Navy, I'm going to tech school to work on cars because it's something I love. And like, I'm fortunate enough to have a wife who's willing to support that passion. And I think just I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to be that role model for them to like, no matter how, like what happens in your life, like pursue something that makes you happy. So I really just want to be that like paragon of, 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 you know, lifelong justice, like do what makes you happy. And that's, that's really what it's all about. I mean, I, I love that. I think that that so much of, I mean, Matt, you're more in that now because your kids can like understand words and stuff. And like, <laughs> but, uh, the mini me thing is real. So you, you definitely look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do think, you know, so much, of stuff that you, so much of the stuff that you read and you look at is just like teaching your kids to be good people and like <clears throat> individuals. And I think that like, the idea that you're going to be able to get it all right for your kid and tell them all the answers and everything else is kind of a crazy concept. But as long as you can, as long as you can sort of give them the guideposts of where to go and, and, and how to function their lives. I mean, that's all you can ask for. Right. So I mean, sure. uh, what, uh, what are you worried about? What are the biggest fears? What are the biggest concerns at this point? This is one. I was excited to send this question your way because I feel like, I didn't know shit going into being a dad. So I'm un- <laughs> this is a quiz. Like you better give us the right answers here. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I studied for this. <clears throat> so, um, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I like, <clears throat> I, I have only changed a diaper in my life on an actual human individual, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. So, that's apparently you do that a lot as a father. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no. So I'm, I'm not so much worried about like the I'm, I'm ready to face the learning curve. That is like the how to keep this baby human alive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I was just having this conversation with my wife the other day about like there's a lot of questions that I'm afraid to ask because they sound stupid. Like going to the grocery store. Right. You get out with all your groceries and you have a baby. And you have your groceries. Be like, do you put the baby in the car, then the groceries in the car? Do you start the car, put the baby in the car, put the groceries in the car? Do you put the groceries in the car with like the baby attached to you? Like, what do you, how do you do that? Like, Question every, I think every time I leave the grocery store. Like, so yeah, my, I think, I, I don't think I have any like colossal, like crippling fears, but it's just like the, I'm probably, I'm not probably, I'm definitely going to do the wrong thing at, at least a couple of times. And just, I just want to be lucky enough that the wrong thing has minor consequences. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So like, you know, I do it wrong at the grocery store and some lady is like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know that I'll take that. I'll take embarrassment. You know, feeling stupid is the best way to learn something. So (laughs) you do it once wrong and you feel like an idiot and you'll never do it again. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I guess I'm also, uh, kind of afraid of the way that like, our world is going right now. You know, it's, I think that's the fear in the back of everybody's mind with like, just, I I mean, without getting too political, just like all the stuff that's happening, like, and I don't want that to shape his future. Like, I don't want him to grow up like afraid of this or afraid of that. And like, or I don't want him to follow the, the, you know, the set path that everyone has. They say, Oh yeah, you, 
you graduate high school, you go to college, you meet a girl, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house. Like, I don't want, I'm, I don't want them to feel like that's what they have to do. And I think that my life is a perfect example of how you can have success, even though there's like a lot of times where you just get thrown on your back, <laughs> you, you figure it out. You know, like we lived, um, almost a year, my wife and I, her name's Casey. We lived across the country from one another. I was stationed in San Diego and she was finishing med school and in Maine. So we, we were as, about as far away as we could get from one another. And yeah. that was a big challenge. You know, it was, it was hard to, to like stay, to stay close when, you know, I'm calling her on my way to work at five o'clock in the morning and, you know, she's, she's just getting up and kind of like, it's ridiculous. Like the time difference is crazy. Uh, I'd be getting out of work at night and I couldn't call her because it's, you know, two in the morning and she's got a test the next day. So like, um, yeah, no, it, it's you, everything you say is stuff that we, we still to this day, you know, what kind of world are we raising our, our kids in? How do we keep them from being pigeonholed into what society tells you to do? And, you know, all these, you know, you know, very, uh, you know, uh, thoughtful, nuanced questions. And, and yet at the same time, you know, you're dealing with such simple, trivial things too. Like this morning, my son, Charlie, at, at 7 a.m., he demanded that he gets fed tortilla chips and he was ready to throw down. And I decide, you nice. know, am I going to, am I going to have a tantrum over this? Or am I going to cave or what? <laughs> Is this still worth dying on? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. just funny how you're dealing with, you know, these um, monumental um, concerns and then all these uh, small little uh, momentary ones as well. And they're all meshed together. Same. Yeah. yeah I was going to say the exact same thoughts kind of popped into my head because, and I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but one thing I was very excited when I found out we were having a girl, uh, I will edit this out if I if we have a second kid and we have a boy, obviously because it was uh, <laughs> this on the record for him. But um, you know the the idea the, the way the world's changing and the and um, and just the constraints on people and the and the idea of raising a girl right now is exciting, right? There's there's equality and feminism and you can you can and raise a woman to break you know break the mold and expectations. The idea of raising a boy right now and having to push away from things that we were always told as men that you have to be and everything else sounds really hard to me. <laughs> and like, and they're both going to be difficult, right? And it's 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 um, it's not a fair comparison to be like, oh, it's much easier to raise a girl or whatever. I don't think, but that's kind of where my head was at, and just because of like what you said, Garrett, the way that the world is changing and things are, it's difficult. I think, and there's a lot of things to navigate. And yeah, you on the flip side of that, my wife and I were downstairs in the kitchen and we just put some magnetic locks on the kitchen cabinets because Mark's starting to, you know, crawl around and everything. And it's like, I don't know, should we lock up the cat's like food drawer? Like she gets in there all the time. I think that one has to remain <laughs> open. There's nothing dangerous in there. So yeah. those are kind of, you know, a spectrum of considerations that you have on your mind at all times. Oh, yeah. We haven't even begun the whole like baby proofing thing, but evidently it's not a huge problem until they're mobile. It's, you know? funny, it's funny you're sitting in that nursery because I'm like, good luck with that. You won't be in that thing for like two months after once it's done. <laughs> yeah, you get that paint up there so you can look at it fondly when that bassinet's in the bedroom and you're like yeah. crying yourself to sleep at night because you're so tired. I, so I'm. That's one thing I, I think I'm overly prepared for. So a lot of a lot of what submarining is is you are up awake all the time. You don't sleep. Like I, there are oftentimes I go 40 or 50 hours without sleeping. And then I was, I was literally operating like a nuclear reactor. So I, I was a, 
uh, machinist mate nuclear. Um, so essentially a new mechanic. I worked on everything mechanic, like every type of fluid system, every type of like hydraulics, um, different electrical systems, like power generation, lubrication system, everything. So I did all that stuff. Very highly intensive job to, you know, focus and do the right thing. And you had to do it all on like whenever you could close your eyes for a couple minutes. So my sleep schedule was absolutely ruined by the Navy, but I think it prepared me to be up every hour on the hour or every 15 minutes. And I could just go right back to sleep. My wife hates it because I can get up and like go, you know, do the taxes and then just be like right back, like turn the brain right back off. So it's something I learned to do. And it's something I'm, I'm looking forward to like flex it on my wife be like, yeah, I got up 12 times last night. What'd you do? <laughs> I'm so excited that we got in this, in this, in this vein of questions. Cause now I just want to rapid fire. Have you seen the television show Chernobyl is your favorite movie yes. on red October? No. Uh, <laughs> Down Periscope is the most accurate. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, is good though. I like that one. Garrett, I, you know, submarine is it's one of those things. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. And I, appreciate that. I sincerely do. You're a, you're a certified badass in, in our book, you know, and <laughs> a submarine is one of those things that, you know, you're, you're so, we're so fascinated by, and yet they're so mysterious. We know so little about them. You know, I, I assume you're not claustrophobic. Um, I mean, they're bigger than you think. It's okay. It's, <clears throat> if you can shower in a phone booth, you can, you can, <laughs> I guess we'd be okay then. <laughs> Um, I, I, mean, I legit want to have another podcast just devoted to um, your submarine experience because that's something that's so foreign to, you know, a lot of us. Um, and yet we're very intrigued by it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those like outside looking in things. It's really cool. But like when you're in the moment, it's a whole lot of just like. Yeah, it's a job that requires, requires attention, detail, focus, long hours. I, I get it. <laughs> well, it's 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 hours and hours of crippling boredom punctuated by just organized chaos. So you just, you get, you run into like drill sets where you're, you're, you practice for, for things to go wrong, right? Like that's like, you know, in Hunter for October when he's like timing them again, 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 or Crimson Tide rather, he's timing them over and over again. That's, that's real. Like that is, it is just nonstop training. And it gets to the point where like everything becomes second nature. And I like to tell people that submarining is like camping because the first, the first day or two you're out there, right? So say you go on like a week long camping trip, first day or two, everything's weird and uncomfortable and you're trying to figure out a routine. But then by like day six, you're like, you know, you're like taking a bath in a bucket and that's normal. And like it's everything becomes normal and you, you develop a routine and that just becomes your world for a while. And then you get out of the boat. And I remember the first time I went underway, I was on I was on deployment. We came back from uh, the Persian Gulf, like cross the Atlantic. That was chaos. Cross the Atlantic, come back, get off the boat and I get home and I'm in my barracks room. and I'm like, I'm going to take the longest shower. Because, you know, I've been taking 30 second showers. You don't even, you're, you're not even supposed to leave the water on. Like you, you get wet, turn it off, get soapy, rinse it off. Like that's, that's, that's the whole thing. And I remember being in the shower and taking my long, long, hot, steamy shower. And I get out and it had been like all of like seven minutes. <laughs> and I was like, man, I have no idea how to take a long shower anymore. Like what, yeah, yeah. what, did, I, what did I used to do in the shower? Yeah. <laughs> that's a different podcast. Though. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, we, it's explicit all the time. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, um, periods cool. of boredom and periods of crippling chaos. That, that sounds like parenting um, in a nutshell right there. Yeah. But no, you're going to love it. I guess one thing that really piqued my interest was, when you said that January 1st due date, 
And that, that brings a couple different things into play. You know, on the on the one hand, you know, you have the opportunity to be have one of those kids who's, you know, the the firstborn um, in your town um, for that year. And um, the news media writes about it. And, you know, it's, it's a cool thing. Or um, on the other, other side, I have a um, my um, sister-in-law is a December 31st baby. And, mm -hmm. you know, they always talk about um, the tax breaks. Yeah. So I didn't know if you had, you know, if, um, you know, obviously um, you don't really have control over this <laughs> but i didn't know if you had any thoughts either way <laughs> um so I, I i you know honestly i i like it either way like it would be great to have the the, the tax break in the december 31st and i mean it could be it could be earlier too like i know it's just a crapshoot when it comes to predicting we actually have like a um a giant calendar that all her friends put sticky notes on what day and the weight and everything like that well that's and fun the, the, the pediatricians are literally like on their sticky notes, they have like, oh, the bilirubin level and the length and the birth weight and like all this stuff. I was like, wow, they're going deep. There's a lot of side bets on that one. Okay. So I was upset that we didn't get some action going on it because like, <laughs> it's just it's like a friendly game where everyone guess. I was like, man, charge them, charge them five dollars a square. Yeah. <laughs> we can give the winner like fifty bucks. We yeah. make fifty bucks. Everybody wins. Everybody's what happy. A college like, fund. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, I don't want to take money from my friends, and I was like, we have to take money from. Yeah, it's like you're making a market here. This is just making a market. There's nothing wrong with it. Okay. Yeah, you gotta have that uh that mailbox money, you know. Yeah, yeah. passive income. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, there's a college fund that could be started out of all this. Absolutely. That's a real missed that, opportunity that we have here. I know we talked before about like kind of the the negative side of like where the world's going and everything else, but we sent you some of those questions over, and one of them was kind of what hopes do you have um for your kid? And I. I'm curious, especially with your life experience and talking about how, you know, you don't necessarily need to follow this one path and, and, you know, just, you know, go on the same kind of path that everyone's trotted before kind of what you're thinking in, in terms of that uh, wide open potential there. Yeah. It's that's, you know, that you say wide open potential. Like, I think that's my biggest hope. I think that they, you know, realize that there's, any infinite number of things to do, like find, find what makes you happy and pursue, pursue your passion. Cause if you, if you get into like that lockstep of like what society tells you to do, like you're going to look back and have regrets instead of just being like, yeah, you know what, maybe then, you know, I want my kid to play football. I played football in high school. Right. But uh, if he wants to do theater, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be that dad that says, no, you're going to play football. Like I, I, I hope that he is strong enough, like a, you know, he's going to talk a lot because, you know, you, with 10 minutes of talk with me, you guys know I don't shut up. Um, <laughs> I hope he has a strong enough voice to be like, no, this is what I want to do. Tell anyone who tries to get in his way, you know, me included. If I'm like, you know, where where do you want to go to college? And he says, I don't want to go to college. I'll be like, what do you want to do then? As long as he has a plan. Like, I just hope he has a like a a strong and, and motivated uh like a force behind whatever he wants to do. Like I, as long as he's not just sitting around doing nothing, I don't care what he does. It's <laughs> well said. Yeah. We, um, we have those rapid fire questions. I'm not going to throw all of those at you, <laughs> but I do want to, since we're on the sappy stuff right now, have you gotten any good advice thus far that you, uh, that you'd like to share from people? Um, so I think <clears throat> first and foremost, the, some of the best advices that I got was just to, to be present. And I really like that. Um, the other day you said being like being truly present is knowing you lock the door when you, when you walked away from the house. I, yeah, I like yeah. that. <clears throat> um, 
Um, and, and part of that made me think of, I forget, I forget where I saw it, but it was like, if a, if a five-year-old hand, hands you a banana and says it's for you, like pick up the banana phone, you know? Yeah. And I think like, it's a silly example of like, just be there. Like, even if it's ridiculous, if, if your kid wants to, you know, lay on the floor and play with trucks and wants you to play with trucks with them. And even if you're busy or tired or whatever, like, just do it. Like it's, you, you, it's those the smallest things are what makes the biggest impacts you know because like i think that's the stuff you remember like think about the times with your parents like just doing something goofy when you were a little like as far back as you can remember just doing something silly like mm-hmm. i remember staying home sick one day and like my mom and i played cards all day like she just made up card games and then like halfway through the day she's like oh i got a good one do you want to play 52 pickup and i was like yeah whatever that is we'll do it and she just threw the cards and then she was like now you got to pick them up <laughs> I was like, oh, she got me. Yeah. Uh, no, that was like the, it's just, just those like silly things like being present and then um, help them make their future, like support whatever, whatever they want to, whatever they want to do, you know, just like it's, it's our opportunity and privilege to sacrifice for our children. And I think that um, I didn't have enough of that from both of my parents growing up, my mom, my mom is the same, but like, uh, I don't want to get into other stuff, but like my mom definitely made it. So like I could do whatever I wanted to do. That's great. I mean, that's what, that's all you can ask from a parent, right? Mm. Um, Absolutely. Well, okay. One more rapid fire question then. So if you, if your child is, um, I, I won't put any substance, yeah. But let's say that they're they're older, they're at college, they have gone down some kind of rabbit hole and they're searching through this like ancient media form called podcasts. <laughs> you being interviewed on this show, you know, 20 something years beforehand. Uh, what would you want them to know right now about you as you're beginning to start your fatherhood journey? Oh, I promise I'm going to do my best. <laughs> I can't I can't promise it'll be any good, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> That's perfect. Definitely more than that. I make up for a lack of ability with uh, tremendous effort on many occasions. And uh, I think that's all you can do. You know, just just really dive into it and try as hard as you can. I love it, Garrett. I'm actually I'm looking at my poster down here is um, the the late runner, Steve Prefontaine. And the quote on there is to give anything less than your best is a sacrifice, the gift. And and like you said, it's it's all about um, effort. When it, what it boils down to. And I have to say, I mean, we, we are by no means um, parenting experts. And in fact, um, far from it, but um, you, you are, you, I mean, you come across as one of the you know most well-prepared prospective per, parents I could possibly imagine. You know, you just, um, we'd love to have you, um, you know, I know obviously when your life, your life will be busy and birth, birth announcement, holidays, everything, but yeah. we'd love to stay in touch and Absolutely. You know, things are going circle back down the road, and um, sure, sure. Yeah, we got to have the follow up episode where you can be like, "Yeah, I was totally wrong about everything. I'm gonna be a terrible dad." <laughs> you got a list of everything I've done wrong. You got a list with everybody because it's tough. <laughs> I, I set my kid. I kept my kid down next to the back wheel of the car when I was putting the groceries in, and something <laughs> you know, seemed right at the time. I yeah, had slept in days. Yeah, I didn't want to forget them, and I was like, "Well, I probably won't back over them." Oh man. <laughs> That's great. Uh, thank you, Garrett, uh, very much for uh, for being uh, on the Bod Pod. 
That was my pleasure. It's been it's been a, a wonderful time. It's been great meeting you guys. Like you know, it's uh, it's cool. I was kind of a little starstruck. You know, you guys are you guys are a big deal. <laughs> I'm saying that now because when you are a big deal and you know five, 10, 20 years, you know, uh, <laughs> just don't forget me when you're super famous. <laughs> We're going to get absorbed by the Tasmanian podcast. It's what's just going to be a whole like, That's the end here. Brand, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was the interview with, uh, Garrett Walsh. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we did. Um, you know, you said it a couple times in that interview that we had with him. Um, just like what a perspective that he has on that. Yeah. Love his story to, you know, uh, kind of like, you know, he didn't say falling into the Navy, but maybe not like directly going into that. Really loving the experience, finding this other path, his wife kind of like moving him all around the country a little bit. That may have been yeah. a little bit. He didn't say that. What what it, He said his wife's name. Now I can't remember what it was, but he did not say it that way. He's very nice about it. <laughs> but like just this kind of like crazy path that he's had. Um and just clearly, like, so excited for this next challenge that he's having. Also, again, nervous about it when it's like, dude, nuclear submarines. You don't have to, I mean, <laughs> like, diapers are not going to pose a threat at this point, you know? So, uh, uh, Garrett, if you are they driving... They both have the biohazard <laughs> sticker, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there is radiation that comes off of both of those things. One of them's just real and one of them's just odor. Uh, Garrett, if you are driving down the road right now, I hope you're laughing at, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning or whatever it is when you're going to class. And uh, you're going to be a great dad. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. So um, what's new, kiddo, uh, for this week? Um, I'm going to say it. Drum roll, please. Thank you. That saves me from having to go find the sound effects somewhere <laughs> later on. Um, uh, I'm willing to call it. We got the first word here in our house. We got the first word yes. here, Mar turning one year old, and it is Theodore. Uh, it, <laughs> it potentially was cat at one point in time. <laughs> that that is that is arguable. Uh, dada, dada is potentially the first word yes. here. Um, that has taken a significant amount of work on my part. Some might call it abuse or even torture, but it's my kid, so back <laughs> off. Uh, but Mara definitely knows. Um, who to point to when we ask where Dada is, and she uses those syllables a lot. Jill might argue, my wife, uh, that she's using them so heavily that they sort of lose their meaning, but I could not disagree more. Um, sure, she's often saying Dada when she's chasing the cat, uh, who was in my lap just a second ago. Yeah, uh, a left tail around, yeah. Um, or pointing at mom, but she she does toss it away pretty consistently. Uh, uh, pretty consistently tosses it my way as well. Uh, so I'm calling it, publishing it here on the part on the podcast. Dada is Mara's first word. Yeah, let let the record state it's Dada. And yeah. so you know when she's a a, a teenager um, with some some sass, Tim. Yeah. And she's calling you every name in the book. Yeah. You can remind her that. Your first you may be word. calling me all those now, yeah. but your first word was <laughs> dad, dad. Your first word was. That was, <laughs> well, it was cat, but it was yeah. probably dad, dad was a close second. Okay. You didn't call me a-hole then. Yeah. I was yeah. dad, dad. Yeah, yeah. You didn't learn it. You didn't have that many syllables in your mind at that point. <laughs> all right. I'm sure she's going to, you know, you'll be wrapped around her finger and she's going to, you know, be she, a... she won't have to call me asshole when I'm doing anything that she wants. Okay? Exactly. She won't have to do anything yeah, like yeah. that. She'll be your princess forever. What's going on in your house? So I don't. I don't really want to say you're a princess. Get that out. That's... Just get those gender stereotypes. Just gender norm us to death <laughs> edit, over here. Edit okay? that shit out. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm leaving princess. In. We've seen your true colors. <laughs> All right, anyways. Lucy, you break this man down. Okay, you break this man down. All righty. Today I want to talk about television. 
Uh, it's that thing I used to watch before I had kids, and mm-hmm. now I'm too tired, and I just pass out at 10, 10 p.m. every night, you know, halfway through an episode of Ted Lasso. Oh, just finished The Sopranos, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, first first watch through. Well done. Yeah, it was great. Great. I need to revisit that at some point. Recommended. <laughs> um, you know, or rather, I still do watch television, only um, almost exclusively that of the toddler variety. Mm. Um, now, of course, we try to practice moderation and limit our kids' screen time, but... Inevitably, they still watch an episode or two of something each morning and an occasional movie here or there. Now, uh, Lucy is willing to watch anything and everything, uh, though her attention span wanes quickly at this at, at her age. Um, Charlie, who becomes uh, basically zombie-like while watching television, <laughs> um, he outgrew Sesame Street rather quickly for my liking and has spent considerable time as a fan of whatever uh, Mickey Mouse shows we've found on Disney+. Plus. You know, we've tried to steer him towards uh, various PBS shows, but nothing compares to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse in his book. Um, I'm particularly fond of a uh, Netflix kids series called Trash Truck um, that I hope you check out at some point, Tim. Yeah. Um, and the kid on that show actually even reminds me of Charlie. Um, but Charlie's pretty bullheaded about his TV preferences. Um, anyway, my point in all this is two things. Uh, one, Tim, get ready. It's coming. You know, Perhaps introduce Mara to Cookie Monster and all of his PBS friends and pretend that Disney doesn't even exist for a few years. <laughs> and two, I'm 100% open to you Ideas, if anyone wants to email our pod and make some TV, some kid show TV suggestions, assuming our Gmail account actually works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no Coco Melon. I'm aware of that one already. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will echo the call of TV uh, recommendations. Uh, aside from that, though, uh, my little uh, brother Dylan was big in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse uh, and Paw Patrol for a while. Nice. Um, although he has since outgrown those shows. Uh, watch us a lot of YouTube now which is like a generational thing that i'm not into yeah. my older brother actually watches a lot of youtube channels and i've never gotten <laughs> into that too actually yeah, yeah. so same uh mara has yet to uh, fully dive into the television realm although i would say we've introduced her to a fair amount of the horror genre this dun, fall dun, dun. yeah now before you say tim isn't mara a little young for extreme violence bloodshed seven yeah seven. <laughs> what's in the box i say hey don't tell me how to raise my kid. And secondly, I am speaking, of course, about our Cleveland Browns. Uh, <laughs> Mara's had to sit through several games this season. They did win last uh, on Thursday, uh, so I guess I can't get them too much shit. But um, I feel like it's very important to indoctrinate her early, teach her the value of pain and suffering, since apparently the franchise is now on the up and up. Um, lots of self-loathing uh, before she can start feeling too good and confident about herself. Yeah, believe it or not, Tim, there's there's a, even a coloring book you can buy on the internet entitled Why is Daddy Sad on Sunday? <laughs> um, and this book depicts the most di- disappointing moments in Cleveland sports history. That's amazing. You know, perhaps I'll buy you that sometime so Mara can color pictures of Ernest Biner fumbling at the goal line. Um, Charlie is actually willing to watch most Browns games with me, uh, though his main area of interests are uh, hearing about the players which sustain <laughs> boo-boos uh, as they're being carted off the field. And uh, what the bad guys team happens to be named. Do you think he's compared your masculinity after showers to Miles Garrett at all at this point in time? <laughs> Since all of his topless press conferences and everything he's doing? And are you worried about that at all? Well, Charlie does think I'm the, the strongest man on the planet. So, you know, <laughs> actually, Miles Garrett would be a, a normal comparison here. You know, sack total doesn't quite stack up, but. If you were in the league, man, you never know. Don't yeah. don't count yourself out. It's never too late. Yeah, that's good. Uh, well, that does it for this uh, episode of yeah. uh, Bod Pod, episode eight done. Matt, any parting thoughts? You know, it, it's nice to mix it up. You know, more than anything, I think it's just nice to see your face again, Tim. Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, virtual is always an option, but there's nothing better than uh, 
sitting in a in a Lakewood basement um, and uh, smelling cat urine and drinking beer. Yeah. Let's do it again in a few weeks. High school all over again. Okay, well, that's very good. So uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, until next time, try not to screw your kids up too bad. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe. And please leave a review of our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Better Off Dad Pod. The Better Off Dad Pod would like to thank our kids and spouses who are responsible for this show, whether they like it or not. Our theme music was written and produced by David Paulette and is an adaptation of the song Alien by Zero to Infinity. Give them a listen on Spotify. Special thanks to Sam Painter and thanks to you, loyal listener of the Bod Pod. Until next time, remember, our kids are our future. Let's try not to screw them up too much.